Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Maybe it's not such a lock after all that Deshaun Watson would sue the NFL if, in fact, they do extend his suspension even further. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Canty and Carlin with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are on your smart speakers. We are on ESPN Radio, of course. And... Sirius XM Channel 80. What is up? Nothing much, big fella. Do you have a problem with my pocket square the way I wore it this morning? No, it looks fine. It's in okay. perfect shape. It's exactly how it should be. Because I know it, you're the pocket square police. It is. No, it is not pocket square you police. You are the pocket was, square police. Uh, listen, I'm just trying to make you aware when things are akimbo and all over the place. Yeah. And that one time I said something, I thought I was doing the right thing, but apparently you're not going to let go of it. Well, I mean, you're a fashionista. How could anybody forget that? This you, is true. Yeah, I'm headed to go. Paris for Fashion Week in a few weeks. Weeks. Let's we let's roll. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. The NFL's decision that it will appeal the six-game suspension that Sue L. Robinson handed out on Monday. When I saw six games originally, to myself, I said, that's not enough. Some people think that Roger Goodell himself should be the one that stands up there and makes the decision. I think at least to make it look good, you're probably going to see him designate somebody else to actually make the decision. Mm. But that doesn't mean that whoever that person is, again, appointed by Roger Goodell, is not going to do exactly what Roger Goodell wants. And what the league reportedly wants across the board, Chris, is a full season suspension and at least some sort of significant monetary punishment, whether that's a, a fine or him to lose more money. I don't know, but... Uh, I, you know, in terms of his upcoming salary, I, I, I just look at this and it's going to drag out and this is going to be something that's going to take some time. And I understand why the league did it. And, and frankly, I don't have any problem with them deciding to do it. Well, I understand why the league did it, too, because it's a business and they're concerned with the bottom line and the perception of caring about issues surrounding women's rights and violence toward women's matters in terms of affecting the female fan base and them consuming your product. So I get where the NFL is coming from. But when we start talking about the punishment that they want to exact on Deshaun Watson and the new precedent that they want to set as it pertains to the personal conduct policy, I'm just asking for the NFL not to have a double standard or not to be hypocritical when it comes to applying that statute to everybody that's a part of the league, and that includes owners. And, Carlin, we've talked about this at nauseum, the three owners that are under the microscope when it comes to the personal conduct policy, Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder, and Robert Kraft. And Daniel Snyder, to me, is the most egregious of the three because you're talking about him having a decades-long culture within his organization of misogyny and sexual harassment, not to mention him groping a former employee, and the punishment that the NFL levied on him amounted to a slap on the wrist for a billionaire. So I just look at the degree of punishment that the NFL wants to put on Deshaun Watson, and I'm saying, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Because of what Deshaun Watson did, it was predatory behavior that stripped women of their agency in those massage sessions. Deshaun Watson deserves exactly what he has coming to him. But I also think that there are some owners out there that deserve stiffer penalties for some of their behavior when it comes to violence toward women or compromising the welfare of women at the very least. I couldn't agree with everything you just said more. It it, it has to be the case. And the owners, I, I get it, Roger Goodell works for them. But you have to 
if you're going to do this, you have to do it the right way. You have to do it the right way, and that's holding everybody to the same standard. You're, you couldn't be more right about it. And I, I said this to you the other day. I, I believe and I hope that Daniel Snyder is not going to own the Washington Commanders a year from now. Because there you don't is, think he will. You, you I said, don't, you think you will. don't think he will. I think that they will absolutely look at everything that has gone on with that franchise, with the most egregious being everything that's happened with women in that franchise, and strip him of it, make him sell that team. Now, granted, people could look at it and say, what kind of a punishment is it? He's going to make $5 billion or $7 billion or whatever the absurd number is going to be. It, it doesn't matter at that point. A guy like that, when you take away his toy, he is getting punished. And, and I think that you couldn't be more right about that in, in terms of handling all that. Now, having said that, the question then becomes, if they make it an indefinite suspension or a year-long suspension, is Deshaun Watson going to sue the league and try to get an injunction to play right away? Here's Jake Trotter, ESPN Browns reporter, this morning on KJM. It depends on who you ask and where you are. I can tell you today, uh, Browns fans were shouting messages of support to Deshaun Watson as he was coming off the field after the news uh, had broke. Uh, Earlier this week, he was absolutely mobbed by a couple hundred people trying to get his autograph uh, as he was coming off the field. But, you know, we've spoken to the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center. Uh, They were really disappointed with Robinson's ruling that it was only six games. So just, you know, talking to people around Cleveland that I know where this topic comes up, people I don't know, um, you know, they are upset with what has happened that the Browns made this move, but that's a segment of the Browns fan base. Another segment wants Deshaun Watson on the field uh, for this season because he's an incredible quarterback talent. Now we got to wait and see what happens. That was Jake Trotter on the reaction in Cleveland. Here he is on what Deshaun's going to pursue. I think it's definitely on the table. The NFLPA is going to respond to the NFL by tomorrow. At that point, Roger Goodell is either going to decide he's going to hear this himself or he's going to appoint somebody else. We'll have a hearing scheduled at some point, maybe next week, arguments will be made, and then Goodell or the designee will make a decision. And so I think it depends what the decision is. And then is the NFLPA going to sue in federal court? Are they going to seek an injunction to get Deshaun Watson back on the field? I mean, these are questions we just don't know the answer to. We, we don't know how this is going to shake out. And the other part that makes this tough to predict is this is the first personal conduct policy case under the new CBA. It's the first time we've gone through this process, and so we just don't know how this is going to go. So, Chris, I saw this yesterday from Amy Dash, who is a legal expert who specializes in sports. Mm -hmm. And she made a point that I had not considered, and, and certainly from a legal standpoint, would not know. It's not a lock that Deshaun goes and sues the league because... The basis for trying to get something like that overturned or, or an injunction or something like that is always based in, was the process fair? And the NFLPA has already said in their statement, the process was fair. They're talking more about the punishment. And so that's where they're going to have real trouble. No court, apparently, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds, is going to look at this and say, well, wait a second, you agreed to the process and now you want to change it? No. Sorry, we're done there. Yeah, I think the latter point is the most important one because this was collectively bargained, right? And so because Roger Goodell does have the authority to appeal the decision made by the independent arbitrator, then all of a sudden that appeal gets heard by the legal office and Goodell can hear the appeal himself or he can appoint a designee to hear the appeal. But whatever 
you know, whatever from a logistic standpoint plays out, the NFL ultimately will get what they want, which is Deshaun Watson being off the field for an entire season. And, Carlin, when you hear about the negotiations between the PA and the league office about the potential punishments, the NFL said they want 12 games at the minimum, and they wanted an $8 million fine. Yeah. $8 million fine. So, I mean, that is a significant penalty, and that is a – Huge departure from the precedent hmm. that Sue Robinson was citing in her initial decision um, based on how the personal conduct policy had been applied in the past. So this is going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, it, it just it feels like this is one of those situations where Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA should have considered settling this before it got to this point, knowing that if Judge Robinson did come with a suspension uh, you know, of the six to eight game variety that the NFL was going to push for more. Now, the flip side of that is if you get dragged into court, all of a sudden other owners get dragged into this. Other owners could potentially be deposed. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that the league office wants either. So you're talking about the two sides having a lot to lose as we move forward through this process. If, in fact, Deshaun Watson and the PA do file a federal lawsuit. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We are in for Grainy today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to on the field for a second. Mm. Chris, I've never been more convinced. Look, we we now, and I think if you're the Browns, have to operate under the assumption you're not going to have him this year. Yeah. And if that's the case, go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And I would make the trade right now to go get him if I had to, meaning... Get him, I, in, get him in there. I'd get him a late-round pick. I'd get him in the door. Yeah. And I think the thing that people don't realize, like I've heard a lot of people say, do they want to devote this much money to the quarterback position because they're paying Baker Mayfield $10 million of his money and they're, they're paying Deshaun Watson? Who well, cares? They have the cap space to do it. Exactly. They have and, the cap space to do it. And, and what's the irony here? They have the cap space to do it because Deshaun Watson's only making a million dollars this season. There's no doubt about it, Carlin. <laughs> so you're spot on when it comes to going after Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they looked at Jacoby Brissett as more of a bridge option. Yeah. But he's not your guy for all 17 games. Jimmy Garoppolo has proven if he can stay healthy for a full season that he can put your team in playoff contention. And this is a really strong Cleveland Browns roster. You're talking about That's a, thing. a top five defense from a year ago, a top five running game. All you need is competent quarterback play, and you're talking about this team being able to make some noise this season. So I'm with you a thousand percent. That has to be an option that the Cleveland Browns consider. But, Carlin, I'm going to take this a step further. If Deshaun Watson is going to be off the field for a year or this continues to be something that looms over this organization for the entirety of the season, leadership in that Browns locker room has to step up in a big way. Who's the guy? Well, who's the guy, but then also making sure that that leader or those leaders make sure that the team focuses on the task at hand, which is doing every single thing you can day in, day out to compete and try to win games. I was in Baltimore in 2014 when Ray Rice happened, and we had the video breakout, and we had a short week. We had to play a game on a Thursday night. Carlin, it's not easy. But you have to focus on the task at hand. We ended up making the playoffs that year because that ended up being something that galvanized the team. And I know it sounds like a strange thing to say, but when you have that kind of controversy, it brings the guys in the locker room closer together. And I feel like this situation, the controversy around Deshaun Watson, has the potential to affect the Cleveland Browns in a similar way. Okay, so if they bring in Garoppolo, does he have to be that guy, or can it be somebody else? Who, it has to be somebody else well, who's Jimmy, already Jimmy, there. Yeah, it has to be leaders. There are leaders on that team. Miles Garrett is a leader on that team. Right, but yeah. can Jimmy step in and be a leader right away? 
Well, a quarterback, quarterback position is a leadership position by nature. So I yeah. think Jimmy G comes into that locker room with a degree of credibility because you're talking about a guy that's been in two NFC championship games over the last three years and took a team to the Super Bowl. So Jimmy G comes in with that, but you also have guys in that locker room like Wyatt Teller, uh, guys, um, you're, you're talking about other guys in that locker room, uh, like Denzel Ward. You have leaders in that Cleveland Browns locker room. Those guys are going to have to step up in a big way in order to get this team past this. Because you better believe that Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry aren't punting on this season just because Deshaun Watson might be suspended indefinitely. Nor should they. They're too good to do that. It's Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Chris Canty, Chris Carlin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We are just getting started. In just moments, Hey, the Dolphins say they're all in on Tua Tungavailoa. Why all the evidence would suggest otherwise, and how bothered is Tua by it? We will hear from the Miami quarterback in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Dolphins are in trouble. Tampering? Yes, with regards to Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So the Miami Dolphins have been docked a first-round pick next year, a third-rounder in 2024. The Dolphins have two first-round picks next year. So all you're giving them is the normal amount of first-round picks. This is Goodell in the NFL having the freedom and the ability to hammer down on anything that affects the integrity of the game. I have to tell you, there's been a lot of Tua delusion. Is it Tua illusion? Is that what I would call it? Tua illusion? Tua illusion? I like it. I think the Dolphins fans, many people have been just living in denial about what Tua is and wanting him to be more than he is. Like trying to will it into happening. Carlin, if you're ranking the quarterbacks in the AFC East, where is Tua at? I mean, I, at best, at best third, at best. Don't, at you best. Th- don't you think that's a problem? Yeah, I think it's a huge problem. When, when you have two second-year quarterbacks in Josh Allen? Yeah, yeah, it's a big issue. I mean, here's the thing. If you're saying he can't, he, he, he's no better than third in his own division, how can you expect him 
to lead his team to wins over quarterbacks like Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Well, and, we're, I mean, and Pat Mahomes. How can you expect that? You and I are not the only ones who don't expect it. In fact, maybe the Dolphins don't. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. You know, summer's packed with things to do, and you can enjoy them all because if you need to hire, ZipRecruiter can help. ZipRecruiter's technology finds great candidates, and you can invite them to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Here's Tua yesterday at his press conference after practice. And, of course, you knew he was going to get asked about the tampering charges and specifically about the Dolphins' interest in Tom Brady here the last couple of years. Something happening with Brady. I, I mean, I don't know all the details. I don't even know what, what happened. Um, but, I mean, I, I got to talk to a couple of the guys, you know, to kind of fi- find out what was going on. And everyone's wondering the same thing, so... I'm not too sure. But no discussions with, you know, I guess whether it's Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel, or even Stephen Ross about your standing with the team. Nothing like that. What do you mean my standing with the team? I mean, the, the fact that they spoke with Tom Brady on multiple occasions, which included him and Brian Protein. Was that in 2019? 2019 and that 2021. In, oh, okay. I, can't, I, I remember I came in 2020, so whatever happened in 2019, I don't even, I can't even speak on that. So I was here 2020, and... I'm still here, and I'm blessed to be here. You know, if it has to do with support from the team, I think the team's all in with with me and all the guys that we have now. Actually, it also included contact that happened during the 2021 season and after the 2021 season. So let's not get this twisted. Since you last played a game, they had been in touch with Tom Brady. Yes. And during the season when you were playing games – they had been in touch with Tom Brady. Yes. So, look, it's Tom Brady, okay? A lot of quarterbacks would get supplanted by Tom Brady. No doubt. Having said that, though, how do you feel good right now? How do you – and I'm not saying this is based on his comments. If you're the Miami Dolphins, do you honestly buy into improved arm strength? Do you buy into – a 65-yard touchdown with no pads on the first day of practice to Tyreek Hill? Do you think all of a sudden this is a new player? Do you do you buy in to the Tyreek Hill PR machine on Tua Tungavailoa that has, I mean, he could put on a PR clinic on talking up his guy. Chris, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm not saying he's good. And I certainly don't believe he's good enough for the Miami Dolphins for the long term. And by the way, they have the picks next year. So they may not either. Well, here's the thing. They did lose one of those first-round draft picks because of the tampering scandal. But they still have the 49ers' first-round draft pick, which is probably going to be in the latter part of that round. But here's the thing, Carlin. I mean, it's nothing for teams to mortgage their future for the here and now. And if it means that they've got to give up future ones in order to move up in the draft and get their guy next spring, if two approves not to be the guy this season, then that's exactly what the Dolphins are going to do. And I don't think Tua or any NFL player should be surprised that an NFL team is actively trying to find a way to upgrade at the position that you play. I mean, Tom Brady is considered an upgrade, so I can understand why Tua would, would be a little ticked off but that is the business, that is the profession that you have chosen. So it's up to him now to show and prove. 
Chris Greer has done a great job of giving him the weapons that he needs and rebuilding that offensive line in order for him to have a productive season. And now it's about Tua going out there and showing and, and, and validating Chris Greer uh, for you know making him the fifth overall pick two years ago. Now, I should have clarified it in that the Dolphins had the picks. They went out and got the picks because they didn't necessarily believe in him. Of course, they just lost the one that you're talking about. Yeah, now, no doubt. Now, having said of all of that, how does this offense work? How does it work? Is it capable of actually making throws down the field? And there are going to be people who are going to throw stats at me about how accurate Tua is and care. about how accurate on passes over 20 yards he actually is. You don't throw that many passes over 20 yards, Carlin. You can be accurate when you throw four of them. That's my point. <laughs> I mean, think about this, Carlin. He's played in 23 games over the last two years, and you're talking about Tua having three touchdown passes that traveled more than 30 yards in the air. That's it. For context, Justin Herbert, those same type of passes, he's got 22 of them. Oh, he's oh, got 22 oh, touchdown passes that oh. have traveled over 30 yards downfield. Now, this is the guy that went the pick after Tua. It's hard not to view Tua through the Justin Herbert lens just because the Miami Dolphins organization had a chance to draft him. So that is the standard that I am judging Tua by, and that's also why we have to look at Tua and say he's got to be more productive because Justin Herbert is one of the quarterbacks that he's going to have to beat for the next decade in order to get to the championship. That's what it comes down to. Can Tua be capable of doing that? Colin, I've got my reservations about it. You said he's the third-best quarterback in the division. If that turns out to be the case, then the Miami Dolphins got to find a new quarterback. He may not be the third-best by week eight. He may that, not be. And, and he may be in the cellar. He may be yeah. the worst quarterback in the division. Exactly. 22 to 3. And How? don't give me the fact that, oh, Tua, Tua and the Dolphins beat the New England Patriots twice Stop last it. year. Stop yourself. Mac Jones was a rookie, had the Patriots in the playoffs, and made a Pro Bowl. Yeah. One of those teams, Stop yourself. One of those teams was in the playoffs. The other was not. 22 to 3. How you like me now, numbers dorks? No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Take that and throw it out the window because it just doesn't matter. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We are in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, certain people just make life easier. For instance, your best friend who always brings you dinner when you're stuck working late. It's like if you need to grow your business. ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1st, 2022. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Okay. You'll notice we have some NFL music in the background, and that must mean we're going to talk more about the NFL, and we are. ESPN.com has put out their evaluations and their lists of the greatest player at each position of all time in the NFL. We now welcome in Bubba, of course, the resident Cowboys fan slash correspondent who will present to us the position. Neither of us have seen these lists. Nope. 
Yep. You will present to us the position, and we will guess who they have as the greatest of all time. Accurate? That is true. We got quarterback. We got running back. We got wide receiver. We got tight end. We got offensive tackle. We got guard. We and said we center. had every position. Yeah, we we, yeah. we, we, we so already gave that. We're good. Qualifier bubble. Run through that. Thanks, though. Anyways, are you ready? Football's place. back tonight, by the way. It hey, is. Jags Raiders, right? We That's got a right. game. All we'll get together, game. throw out the records. Yep. Are you ready? Yes. All right. We're going to start with quarterback. Who do you think is the best quarterback of all time? The GOAT down in Tampa, Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. That is correct, Tom Brady. We started with real suspense, didn't right. we? <laughs> right. Real, he real got, nail biter there. He got 44 of the 50. Montana got four votes. Peyton got two. So it wow. wasn't unanimous. Wow. 44 out of 50. Okay, I thought it may not be that many because of Montana. Yeah, but Peyton got two? Yeah, I don't know about how, that. How does Peyton get... Clearly, not over Montana or Brady. Clearly, Bubba did not have a vote because okay, they got a Romo. Five MVP. Yeah, would have stuck in a nice Romo. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you would have been that guy, the guy who yeah. voted Vanderbilt to win the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bubba. All right, running back. Who we got for running back? Ooh, ooh. Mm, that's a good one. You'll like this, Bubba. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Emmett Smith. I'm that's a good guess one. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. I, I don't know, Carlin. Emmett Smith. There's a lot to choose from, obviously. Yeah. There are uh, a lot of people who receive votes. I'll say that. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to. The winner go, only got 23 votes. I'm going to go sweetness, Walter Payton. Incorrect. He was third. The hmm. winner is Jim Brown. Uh, Jim okay. Brown okay. got 23 of the 50. S- second place was Barry Sanders. Uh, then course. Walter then Emmett. I, I know this is heresy. You know what I always hated about Barry Sanders? That he could have eight carries for negative four yards, and then all of a sudden he's got nine carries for 87 yards. <laughs> Barry Sanders was special, though. Man. Oh, I know. I he know. was special. He was amazing. He's no Emmett Smith. Uh, wide <laughs> wow. receiver. Who you got at WR? See, now this, oh, this, is, is, this is easy. This, this is There's only one right answer to this. That's and, Jerry and the, Rice. Exactly. It is Jerry Rice, and the reason is... It's, once again, it's not unanimous, though. Really? Hmm. Well, but here's the thing. Like, GOAT, as far as football players, like, that's where that actually came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, yes, it's Jerry Rice. Well, this is great. Yeah, it is Rice. He's got okay. 45 of the 50, which is great. And then Randy Moss has four. And then also receiving one vote was Don Hudson. Don Hudson. I, was, so, I thought you were going to say Michael Gallup. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Uh, Don Hudson. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's Give go to uh, clearly voted on by a 94. Yeah, I don't know about that one. But let's go tight end. Who you got for tight end? Greatest tight end of all time. Uh, it's pro- I mean, it would have been Kellen Winslow. Uh, I would say it's got to be Gronk at this point. I'm going to go Tony Gonzalez. Oh, good call. Good call. The winner is Rob Gronkowski. Oh, wow. Wow. And it was a very tight vote. He got 23 of 50. Tony Gonzalez was right up there with 21 votes. 21. Okay. Then then Kellen Winslow with two. Ditka, Antonio Gates, Ozzie Newsome, Shannon Sharp all got one. Antonio Gates, those numbers are ridiculous. Oh, he was insane. Oh, my God. So good. Okay. 
Moving along, offensive tackle. What do we got here? Football is back, offensive tackle. This, for me, is an easy one. Anthony Munoz. Bingo. That's exactly who it is. I might have had the discussion about Jonathan Ogden. I might have had the discussion about Orlando Pace, but no, it's Anthony Munoz. Walter Jones should be in that discussion, too. Good call. Well, all those names are in the discussion, but Anthony Munoz is number one, 27 of 50. Only 27. Yep, he is number one, though, but the runner, Ogden, got 10. Pace got four, Jones got three, Slater, Greg, Rove, Thomas, and Zimmerman all got some other votes. Okay. Okay. All right, good enough. Moving on to offensive guard, who Mm. we got. To me, the most dominant offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. That will be my former teammate, one Larry Allen. Yeah, I I, I probably would have to go Larry Allen. L.A. Yeah. yeah, Larry Allen. He's the only guy that would pancake you and then start sea walking afterwards. I mean, the, the video of him running down the guy uh, making the tackle from the Saints is, yeah. Yeah, is the yeah, greatest video of all time. Yeah, of all time. And that followed is, up by the video of him bench pressing seven hundred pounds. Oh yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, and that is the correct answer. It is Larry Allen, twenty-one of fifty. Uh, he was number one. John Hanna, number two. Gene Upshaw, Steve Hutchinson in there. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he got only two votes. Oh well, okay. So. Always played well against He's in there. You did. Always did. A little bit of trivia. Yeah. Where did Larry Allen go to college? Oh, wow. I have no idea. I was going to say UVA, but I don't think that's it. Sonoma State. Whoa. Sonoma Sonoma State. State. The fighting insurance salesman. Who knows what they are? Who knows the mascot? (laughs) And we have one position left, and it is center. Who is the best center of all time? That is easy. It has to be Mike Webster, and if it's not, something's wrong. All right, Steelers boy, calm down. I'm sorry. It has to be Mike Webster. Yeah, I'm going to co-sign on that one. Mike Webster. Okay. What do you got? It is Mike Webster. It is. Uh, he got 15 votes. So it was a very Ooh. tight race there. Uh, let's see. He got 15, and Otto got 13. Jim Otto got Jim 13. Otto, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. So. All right. Listen. There you go. There's your offensive player offensive. position. Anything stick out to you as an injustice or something that's not quite right? I, it, it seems to me like that's a pretty darn good list. No, it's a good list. Yeah. It's a solid list. That's yeah. a very, very good list. And yeah. Uh, Bubba, so how many Cowboys did you have there? You had Larry Allen, and did you have another one? Uh, I think just Larry, Larry Allen was only number, number one. one. Emmett okay. Smith was made the list, and okay. might have been some other. So you can sleep tonight, but, is my point. Yeah, we'll take it. That's I what know, I mean. Emmett Smith should have been probably right number one. Yeah. I mean, I get but, Jim Brown. I understand Jim yeah. Brown. Yeah. But Walter Payton should at least be second. I mean, the thing that people, uh, Jim Brown retired. At I can't. 29. I can't have Barry Sanders over Walter Payton as much as I love Barry Sanders. Yeah, Jim Brown retired at twenty nine. Yeah, I mean that. When you think about that, that's amazing. I mean, think about it, and you see him now. He obviously has many, many physical problems, but he, he he's went on. Old. He's, yeah. he's older, yeah. though, Carlin. Jim, yeah. Jim Brown has got a great contract now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's and we'll be back next hour to do defensive players. Okay. So tune okay. In. Uh, are we going to do special teams? Will I get long snapper? I don't think they did special teams. We can do it ourselves, though. <laughs> Trey uh, Junkin. We can do that in the third hour. Uh, Bubba, how about Carlin? <laughs> Disparaging Jim Brown, saying he's got very a lot of no, physical no, problems. No. The man is eighty six years <laughs> yeah, old. I, I don't know what he's, what he's, 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 he's eighty six years old. I don't know what he expects old. him to my be doing. My actual <laughs> point. My actual point was about to be: Jim Brown retired at twenty nine, and think about all the miles that he didn't put on his body. Like he was yeah. actually a little bit. 
ahead of the game in that respect. Yeah, but, That's then, he all went, I'm but then he went on to act and do a whole lot of other things. Yes. He's just talking about he's got many physical issues now. No, I'm, I'm saying it could have been worse. That's oh, okay. what I was trying to say okay. until you hijacked the well, conversation. Well, tighten it up then, man. Tighten up. Greeny, the podcast. Here's the pitch of the way, swinging a drive deep to right field. Going and going and goodbye baseball, Jared Kelnick with the Mariners' third home run here in the top of the first inning. His first home run since coming back from AAA Tacoma, a two-run shot. Bombs away yesterday, early in the game. Garrett Cole once again unable to figure it out. The big inning absolutely killing him, and it came Early in the game yesterday, Yankees lost to the Mariners 7-3. Uh, Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance, our friends at Nature Valley. They are giving away back-to-school gear for free at the Retalk Shop. On TikTok, show how you reduce, reuse, and recycle with hashtag Retalk for Nature. And you could be served a code... Unlocking one free item while supplies last terms and conditions apply. I feel like there is part of me that should just, not even part of me, I feel like I should just give you the floor for a moment as a Yankee fan to air your grievances regarding the ace, and I use air quotes there, Garrett Cole. Well, it was nice of Garrett Cole to throw batting practice for the Seattle Mariners and get Jared Kalenic off the snide, right? <laughs> I mean, Kalenic doesn't hit anybody, and yet he was able to take Garrett Cole. He's going to keep him out of AAA court. all by himself. I'm telling you, man, it's unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about the team being down six runs before they even take it at bat. It's absolutely ridiculous what Garrett Cole did, but at least he was able to give you six innings. It's not like the oh, start that he had on June 9th against the Minnesota Twins where he gave up seven earned runs and only got two in a third. Or like the wild card game where he didn't get an out in the third inning last exactly. year. Exactly. So we've seen these instances with Garrett Cole where he struggles. And here's the thing that gets me, Carlin. Not only are you asking Garrett Cole to be the guy in the postseason because that's a given with, you know, because of what he makes – but you're also asking this guy to be the stopper when your team is struggling. You're talking about a Yankees team in the last 22 games that has a 9-13 and 13 record. And all of a sudden now, the Houston Astros are only two games back in the loss column of the New York Yankees. That is a little too close for comfort for a team that made some major upgrades at the trade deadline with adding Trey Mancini and adding Christian Vasquez. So I'm really concerned about where the Yankees are at because – the only challenger, the, the primary challenger for them in terms of keeping them from getting to a World Series is the Houston Astros. And given what we're seeing from Garrett Cole, I don't know if this guy is going to be ready or up to the task that, in terms of what it's going to take to shut down that lineup. 14 runs in his last three starts. It's not good, man. Up. It's not good. No. He had two outings in July where he allowed over five-plus five earned runs. That's not good enough. Let's call this what it is, Chris. Yankees got hoodwinked. They got completely hoodwinked by Cole, by the, the cheating factor the of the Astros. Stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely what went on here. Cole went to Houston, started using it more, obviously got much, much better. Now he can't use it. And there are times where he pitches okay. And here's the thing. It's not like Cole's going to be in a complete and utter nightmare here for the next, what has he got left? This is his third year, so he's mm-hmm. got six years left on this deal. Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to be a complete and utter nightmare. Yep. But Garrett Cole's going to pitch like a number, a low end number two or a number three starter, 
for the majority of the next few years, but he's going to be paid like the best in That's the game. That's what I'm saying. You're giving a guy, he's got $324 million coming to him in yeah. over nine years. This what contract's going to be an albatross soon. Very soon. Yeah, but Carlin, at some point, the money that you doled out has to be worth it. Like, you expect on the back end that the contract is not going to be good, mm-hmm. but you also expect at the beginning of that contract for your team to do some high-level winning and him to be a big reason why it's happening. Yep. And that hasn't been the case. And my question to the Yankees is, if it doesn't happen now, then when's it going to happen? You're talking about Aaron Judge being in a walk year. There's a chance that Aaron Judge does not come back to this team. And think about how great that guy is playing. To not be able to capitalize on that because your starting pitcher, the guy that's supposed to be the ace of your staff, is going out there and having meltdowns, that has to be a serious concern, man. It really does. Can I ask a question? What's up? When you're Garrett Cole and you go and, and you go to Houston – and all of a sudden, you get much, much better. Because let, let's call it what it was. He was decent in Pittsburgh. In yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, but he wasn't great. Yeah, he no. was not great. No. And you're the Yankees. And you look at some of the other guys down in Houston and what they became with Charlie Morton, for instance, went to Houston, was lights out. Went like 15 and three. It was unbelievable. And he was good in Tampa, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the next year he was. 2019, yep. when they can still use it. <laughs> this is the point. Fair boy. <laughs> if you're the Yankees and you knew already when you signed Cole that there were cheating issues going on with the Astros, I mean, you were all over it with baseball, all over it with them. How did you not look at that a little bit harder? Well, you didn't have a choice, Carlin. I mean, everybody was clamoring for a starting pitcher, and the Yankees couldn't find an answer for somebody to be able to anchor the staff, and Garrett Cole was the best available option. That's why they threw a boatload of money at him. That's what it came down to was the desperation in being able to try to capitalize on a finite window that they had to be able to compete at a high level while you still had all of these baby bombers together. That was the goal, Carlin, remember? Brian Cashman said it. He wants to win championships, not just one championship. Garrett Cole was supposed to be the piece to unlock this team being able to win championships. And so far, he's fallen far short of the mark or the production that the Yankees were hoping. Listen, I always prefer to look in hindsight because that way I'm never wrong. Never wrong. (laughs) It's perfect. There's a reason they say it's 2020. With all of that, I at least would have raised an eyebrow a little bit more rather than kicking in the eighth and the ninth year to make sure that I got it done. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.